The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, The Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and welcome to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, and thanks for joining me. Uh, Also, I'd like to thank PricewaterhouseCoopers for sponsoring the show. It was a great, it's a great privilege to have such a wonderful organization sponsoring this. Uh, They are clearly uh, in the forefront of leadership and change, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be working with them. So, as I'm thinking about today, uh, I'm getting ready to go to Dubai next week. I'm going to be doing a keynote on uh, talent and learning. And I'm going to be doing a, a boot camp with top leaders and HR leaders in the Middle East and Africa. And one of the big things we're going to be talking about and learning is a talent model, the only model, in fact, that has been validated as uh, statistically correlated to business results and outcomes. So we're doing a one-day boot camp. It's a certification program. Um, we're going to be running it around the world. And it really gives you the nuts and bolts of how you put fact behind your talent operations. Not bias, not fiction, not assumptions, but fact. I did want to tell you, you know, I was looking at some research the other day, and 78% of the companies that even do talent reviews, the way they assess talent is on leader, manager, or executive perception, or assumption. Boy, and is that ever loaded with bias. I could tell you stories of going into talent reviews for somebody's very senior next job, and somebody remembers a story about them five years ago when they presented some facts and figures, and they didn't get something right. And that just stuck in the, in the individual's mind, and they couldn't get past that this person might have changed, and, you know, we all make mistakes. And it's a terrible flaw, I think, as we're talking about people's careers and next steps. And some people don't even know that they've had an opportunity to have a job offered because in those discussions, people will say, oh, well, so-and-so, they really won't want that job. Well, how do you know before you even ask? It gets me to my other hot button. My other hot button is, and I'm glad to see this coming up so much in the news, is people really starting to examine, you know, their bias. And we all have bias, good, bad, or indifferent. Some of it gets in our way, 
as we're dealing with others, and some is exclusionary. Make sure that people stay out of the mainstream. And some people use bias that's inclusionary. And you know, as I think about my own self going through my career, where I've gotten tripped up is where I allowed some assumptions and some biases to get in the way before I had an opportunity to get who they are, what they bring to the table, and how I can help and how we can work together. And once I started learning that, my relationships became deeper and my ability to work with others in a global setting became stronger. Allah, the title for our next book, or my most recent book, Winning with Transglobal Leader, Leadership. If you have a certain predilection towards certain biases and you can't flex those, you're going to have a very difficult time working with people from other parts of the world who may have the same values than, as you, but may manifest them or demonstrate them differently. So, we've seen all of this in particular relative to women these days as this is becoming a bigger and bigger point. Check out my website. I have a new article that's on the website about how to smash the glass ceiling once and for all. There's some exercises in it. And these exercises apply to anybody who is trying to work with others in a more constructive way. You know, this brings me to my guest today for my show. I've known Chris Coffey a very long time. I have great admiration for him. He's somebody who I have seen help leaders confront, uh, sour themselves with candor, as Sally Helgeson, one of my other guests, has said. He has helped leaders really transform themselves and not only make themselves happier personally, but better leaders. Chris is a, teaches courses at UCLA. He's been a coach for a very long period of time. He's associated with the Marshall Goldsmith Group. Chris has given keynote speeches all over the world. Uh, he has a new book coming out. The New IQ, Innovative Questions. And the reason I love this book is because we do not know how to ask questions. And questions and listening is the heart of building relationships. And if you're not able to not only question yourself effectively, by the way, you won't be able to get to the root of your own bias, But if you're not able to ask really good questions of others, you're not able to build that relationship and understand who they are and understand what makes them tick. So enough on that. I'd like to introduce Chris. Chris, thank you so much for coming. Chris and I have done some great workshops over the years together, and uh, I've had him coaching in GE and in HP and other places where I've worked. So Chris, thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Linda, and thank you for asking me. It's a pleasure. Well, I wouldn't miss the chance for having you and uh, being able to talk. Now, you have a really interesting career, Chris, and I happen to know a lot about it, but uh, maybe, you you know, you started out as an actor, right? Um, well, that, before I did this, I was an actor, yes. Before I did that, I was a ski bum and a variety of other things, but uh, we can let those go. Uh, yeah, but still a great skier. So tell me, how did you get into coaching? Well, 
1980, I came out from New York, like you said, in the film business, and then I started to work with Paul Hersey and Ken Blanchard doing situational leadership. That's where I met Marshall Goldsmith. And then, it, you know, God, it must have been 17, 18 years later, the late 90s, Marshall gave me a call, and he said, um, Agilent is going to split off from Hewlett-Packard. They have 24 high potentials. Are you interested in coaching for? And I, you know, and I hadn't really been quote a coach to Lynn. I'd been a stand-up trainer teaching, you know, at Fortune 100 companies. And I said, well, what do you, he said, you know, we're going to figure this out as we go, Chris, but we got to get up with a measurement and what have you. So it started with Marshall called me. And then after those successful engagements, he asked Frank Wagner and myself to create a process of training to train people in our coaching methodology. And so for the last 15, 16 years, I mean, I've coached well over 100 individuals, generally senior leaders in organizations, and really refined, you know, the stakeholder-centered coaching process. Yeah. And, and you know what I love I about that process? And, and, you know, actually, when I first ran into you, it was through Marshall. And I was trying to get a uh, coaching process going at uh, GE because we saw that it was a real gap of our, our leaders through our survey and uh, data analysis of, of, uh, of them. And one of the things I loved about this process, because so much coaching is not measurable, and this is measurable. It's easy, it's visible, and it's measurable. Tell me a little bit about the measurement part here. Well, you know, as you know, you know, better than anybody, historically, it's been coach, coachy, very clandestine. Nobody knows what's going on. You work behind the scenes. And, and for too long, companies used coaching to take somebody who might be on a slippery banana peel out the door and try to fix them. Yeah. Well, that's changed in lots of ways. And so the measurement, the, the process very quickly, the elevator speech of it is, you help an individual pick a couple of key leadership skills to work on through 360s, what have you. And they could be, you know, delegate better, collaborate better, take appropriate risks, uh, uh, you know, of the variety of things. There's a list on my webpage of ones. Then who are the 8, 10, 12 people around you that will know if you've improved? You enroll them in stakeholders. You, you got to have the courage to tell them, you know, as good as I am, one of the things I want to get better at is holding people accountable and taking appropriate risks. That's what came out of the 360. That's what I want to work on. Please email me a couple of suggestions on how to do that. Uh, we work with them. We develop an action plan. I personally have my leaders share that action plan with them. And then two or three times through the course of the year, these stakeholders complete a mini survey that literally takes five minutes and it asks on a scale of minus three to plus three, is this individual, you know, executed on their action plan and become more effective at the couple leadership skills that they picked. And that's the measurement, not by the coach, not by the person being coached, by the individuals around them that determine has this individual become more effective at these couple of skills. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, and that is what I, I really, uh, loved about it, resonated with me. And by the way, we used that methodology with over 700 very senior leaders around the world at GE and did, <laughs> and did that measurement. In fact, I wrote an article in one of the books that you were in with me. Um, yep. And we had a 95% improvement rate as measured by stakeholders, which is pretty significant. Pretty significant. Well, so you know, we're... Look, you know, just, just, studies have been done on goal setting. You set a goal, 
25% likelihood of achieving it. You set a goal, develop an action plan, 50. You tell somebody, you create a mutual commitment, now you're looking at 90 to 95%. Successful people don't want to fail once they've told somebody they're going to do something. Yeah, that's very true. It's not complicated. That's very true. The other lesson I learned is, uh, you know, that unless people want to be coached, you might, you're wasting your time. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, as you know, there's a few of us, myself, Marshall, Frank Wagner, a few others maybe, where we work with an executive for a year. We don't get paid for a year. We only get paid if they improve. So the most important task for those of us to work that way just make sure you don't accept a bad assignment with somebody that thinks this is a waste of their time. They're smarter yeah. than everybody else. They have nothing yep. to learn. So, you know, uh, I, I just don't take those engagements. Yeah. You know, I, I did one time and I was forever sorry. So we're coming up 30 seconds on, uh, on uh, break, Chris, but, uh, you know, just going to ask you a couple of other quick things. I mean, in my mind, what I love about this is this is sort of like your personal change management process, you know, with the stakeholders. Like you wouldn't run a change program without it. And the other thing I love about it is that I know from my own research for, you know, my talent books and talent uh, optimizing talent is that coaching is directly correlated to business outcomes if coaching is done well. So uh, thoughts or comments about that before we come up on break? Well, I think, if, you know, again, they pick a couple things to work on that they've heard in their performance appraisal or 360s. You get their immediate boss to say, wow, if they get better at this, it's going to be an exponential improvement to the organization. And if these are the individuals that are going to determine it, it's a win-win-win for everybody. Yeah, I totally, I you know, totally agree. If you pick the wrong thing, well, then, you know, then, then that doesn't work. But, you know, the methods we go through, you pick the right things, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So we are coming up on uh, break. Uh, stay with us. I have Chris Coffey with me, uh, world-class executive coach, author of a new book to be coming out soon, The New IQ, Innovative Questions. Uh, and we're going to be talking more about coaching, how do you formulate questions, how do you make it work, and how do you develop yourself through this process to be even a better leader. Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. 
As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or you can tweet the show at hashtag I lead TLC we'd also love to hear from you by email the email address is radio at lindasharkey.com now back to I lead the leadership connection Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thanks for joining me. Uh, and with me is Chris Coffey, a world-renowned executive coach, uses a stakeholder-centered coaching model. And we're talking about how coaching really can change behavior in a measurable, visible way so that others change their perception of you as a leader. Uh, very powerful. Um, Chris also has a new book, and that's what I want to explore a little bit. Why'd you write the book, Chris? Tell, tell me the backstory behind the book. Well, th- that is a bit interesting because Marshall had, you know, challenged me for years in the early two thousands to write a book. As you know, I mean, he's got a million of them out there, and it's how you promote yourself. And my response to Marshall was always three things. I said, you know, if you think of, you know, Jesus, Socrates, and Buddha. None of them wrote a book. You write, let me go teach, Marshall. And that was my comeback to Marshall. Well, mm-hmm. interesting, there was a guy named David Lamb who was a student of mine at UCLA who was the IT security guy at a company here. And we'd have lunch periodically. And, you know, he said, you ought to write a book. And I said, I don't, I don't you know, I'm not interested. And about a week later, I get like 20 type pages of stuff. And he said, you know, whenever I'm with you, I capture different things you say and how you say them and stories you tell me. And I, you know, have my, and he said, let's collaborate. I'll write, you tell me stories. I want to get your philosophy into a book. And that's how it happened. So this yeah. book is really a collaboration between, he was, he wanted it to be Chris Coffey with David. I said, no, we're both going to do this together. You're going to do the heavy lifting and you're going to interview me and do all that. And then I edit. And that's how it came about. And we really yeah. made it a micro how-to versus just a lot of theory. Yeah, which and I really like. About. I mean, I fortunately had the opportunity, you were kind enough to send me, you know, the, the galleys before it gets published, to read it. I mean, it's a great read, practical book. Uh, no, um, you know, highfalutin uh, theory in the book, really things that you can do immediately. But... What I wanted to really dig into is the whole notion of innovative questions. T- 
Tell me about that and tell our readers about that because it's such an important thing. Our listeners. Well, you know, you can go back 2,000 years to the Socratic method about, yeah. you know, how do we start to learn things? And, you know, asking questions. I think it was Spinoza, the great philosopher, who said, I judge a person more by the questions they ask than the answers they give. Yeah. And we live in a world today with the Internet and everything else. Everybody can be an expert and they expound their points of view, you know, endlessly. And, you know, I love asking people questions, uh, you know, but, well, we need to be successful. When you say successful, what does it look like? How would we define it? What are measurements along the way? Getting clarity on what I call the ideal final result. You know, uh, know, and somebody, I teach argumentation, as you know, somebody makes a claim, whether it's we should have national health care or whether we should buy this company. That's a claim. Then what evidence do you have? How do you back it up? Another question I love to ask is, you know, is that your opinion or is, is that based on some empirical data you have that can, can back it up? So, and, and, and I think often you can watch people get petulant and angry when you ask them questions and they don't really have well thought out answers. Uh, That's now, again, very then, true. You know, yeah, how I do you help s- somebody say, you know, yeah. I've seen that actually happen because, as you know, uh, we've done enough things together. I love to ask people questions. And some people feel that that's like prying. How do you get beyond that? Well, you know, uh, that's a great question that people often ask. I I say, you know, part of this is getting good at observing behavior. Are you pulling somebody toward you or are you pushing them away? Now, if somebody thinks you're asking questions to give them the third degree or to, uh, uh, you know, belittle them or show them that you're smarter than they are, questions are going to work against you. The art of this is, does the person see you asking questions with the intention of helping them, helping them think it through? And Or or helping or, or trying to understand them better, building common ground. Well, that could be it. Now, let me just give you a little twist on that. There's, I sit on a board with, with a person who was always great at saying, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand. And you know what? Words have meanings. And I remember confronting her alone. And I said, you know, you're really smart. My question is, do you not understand or do you not agree? Because it was clear to me when she was saying, I don't understand, she really meant, I don't agree. I don't agree. Yeah, and I love so, that analogy. That That you know, is... It, it's like when somebody says, uh, um, I hear what you're saying. Okay, I understand. I understand. Well, that doesn't mean they agree. That's exactly right. And, that's, and actually, that statement, I hear what you're saying, is a uh, sort of a cop-out statement because you're really not staking your position at all. You're just acknowledging that you heard the person, right? Well, and again, if you're the person on the receiving end of that, you can say, you know, I know you hear me. My question is, do you agree? Yes, now yeah. you've just, not, not, but see, so often we don't ask that follow-on question because we don't want to offend somebody or we're, don't di- we don't drill down to get clarity. Yeah. Right. And clarity is cl- so important. Clarity is power. Right. Right. And, you know, as, as, we're, as we venture into more things that we're just not going to know about that are uncomfortable areas for us as we move into different parts, for anybody, as you move into a different part of the world, unless you're able to get clarity, you're going to go off with assumptions and perceptions that just may not be true. So how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you deal with those, those bias that people have? Well, you know me, I, 
in your introduction, you talked about biases, and, and, and we all have them. And it, you could say they're preferences we have or biases. One is pejorative. The other is just a simple word, uh, you know, and we all do. We couldn't get through the day if we didn't have preferences for what we do. Now, yeah. biases, you know, uh, I have a bias for skiing powder than I do to pack trails. Uh, men may have a preference for playing golf than playing something else. In the workplace, when we let those biases get in our way, that's when the person on the receiving end has to be good at asking questions about right. how did you come to this conclusion. On a scale right. of 1 to 10, 10 being logical certainty, 1 being random chance, where would you put your answer to this? I mean, th- mm-hmm. th- the book is full of questions that if people learned a dozen questions and they got them up into their hard wiring – they pop into your head at the right time. Yeah. To ask the yeah. question. Uh, and, and I think that that's so true. You know, when, when you and I were talking before the show, you know, part of the whole coaching model that we collectively use and that you have mastered is this notion of changing people's perception and following up with others and measuring with others, which is what causes them intellectually to change their perception of an individual. And it, it, it makes me think, you know, when you're a leader and you're leading others, and if you can't get past your perception of someone, it's a privilege to lead others. You're, you can potentially damage another individual in ways that you certainly don't mean to. And I, I love to use the story of Susan Boyle. You know, when she gets up and everybody makes a joke about her, and you know, here was a true talent, but the perception of her was that she was not going to be. So what's your reaction to that, Chris? Well, we make first, you know, there's the old saying, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Somebody walks into a room, we, we make some kind of decisions about them. Right. You know, we see the color of their skin, their height, their what well, track. We, we form these things. That's how our brains work. We're not going to stop people from doing that. Correct. The challenge becomes, you know, if you're on the re- on the receiving end of what you think is something that's unfair, what are the questions you ask that person? How do you go about saying, you know, my my sense is, you know, or, or, you know, th- this is a belief you have about me. Is that an accurate yeah. assessment on my part? Yeah. You know, make a statement. Ask a question. Yeah. I, I, on the phone with one person, I started to work, a big attorney. We get on, we've been working about six weeks, and he, and, he, and he goes on about this one and that one and this one and that one, and I let him get all the air out, and he got all done. And I said, well, before we get going, is there anybody else you want to blame? Yeah. <laughs> Dead silence on the other end of the phone. Yep. He said, no, I think I've covered everybody. And then I asked him, I said, what part of these problems do you own? And... He said, well, uh, nobody's ever asked me that question before. I said, I just did. Yeah. Never 100% the other person. So, so much about the book and whatever is how do you ask questions? How do you create a safe space for people psychologically? And they have to stop and think. We are all creatures of habit. We're pre-programmed. We know how we interact with people. We can anticipate things. So, so much of this is... What are things that you're going to ask or a statement that you're going to make that makes the other person stop and think? Yeah. What part of this problem do you want? To the opposite of what you just said be true. Yeah. But, you know, it, it strikes me as you're saying this is that it takes a fair amount of courage sometimes 
to ask those questions. And, you know, we all have that little niggling fear in us that if I ask, I may hear a truth that I don't like. Well, I would disagree with you. I would say it doesn't take a little bit of courage. It takes a whole bunch of it. <laughs> yeah, it does, really. It takes a whole bunch of it because we're, you're pushing somebody into an uncomfortable place, and the recipient of that question is going to an uncomfortable place. Yeah. You haven't taken them before. It takes courage. It takes it does courage. Take courage. Now, and again, back to what I said before, you, you have to come off... And you could put a little preamble on the front of it to say, you know, one of the things I know about myself, I tend to be very opinionated and I get into things. And so before I do that, can, let me ask you a couple of questions, if I might ask for permission. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask these questions for some clarity because I don't want to jump to conclusions. Is that okay with you? Just teaching people to do those little kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And help diffuse it. Yes, I totally agree. And we're going to be about one minute coming up to break. But I wanted to ask you another question. We'll explore this a little bit after the break, too. But, um, you know, have you seen differences in coaching women versus coaching men? Well, you know, it's interesting. I see differences in everybody. Uh, you know, each one is a little different. Now, in general, um, women... And this is a generalization, of course. Women tend to, they, they much more want to be the perfect everything, the perfect wife, the perfect friend, the perfect mother, all of that. And so criticism very often bothers them. And, and, and they'll see criticism in everything, you know, just some feedback that doesn't match their self-image. So it can be very hard. Men, on the other hand, just, well, you know, okay, so big deal. I knew that. You know, I, and so there's, often with women, I'll say, you know, take a breath. In fact, I have to deliver a feedback report to a woman tomorrow mm-hmm. that I think is good for the first one, and I think she's going to be disappointed. So, you know, now if it was, I just delivered one to a man yesterday. He said, I think this is pretty good. I said, I, I do too. So yeah. it's, that, that's a big difference. But I think the big thing for women is if they get themselves sucked into, I'm a victim and I can't get there and they want to blame other people, first of all, it makes them unhappy. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm not going to doubt that it's difficult and the glass ceiling exists and all of that stuff. I also do believe companies want competent women. I mean, they want to look good out there. They want, that's the politically correct thing to do. So how do you use that as to your advantage? Absolutely. And we're coming up on break. Stay with us. Um, speaking with Chris Coffey, uh, leading executive coach, author, keynote speaker, does a wonderful training program on teaching others how to coach using uh, the stakeholder center coaching model. Uh, we'll be back and we're going to be talking after the break about what specific things you can do to continue to grow this coaching muscle. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, 
really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, and welcome back. I'm your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection, and uh, I thank you for joining the call and uh, the show, and also want to thank PricewaterhouseCoopers for making this possible preeminent management consultancy. With me is Chris Coffey. We have been talking about coaching uh, as a great tool for developing leaders and the experience that Chris has had in coaching others, and we're going to get into some nitty-gritty here. What have you seen as the biggest challenge uh, when you're coaching others, Chris? Um, well, when we start out and I interview for a job, I may p- make it perfectly clear to the leader that I'm talking to what they're about to get into. So I walk them through the process. You pick a couple things. You engage stakeholders. They're actively involved. You've got to tell them what you're working on. You're going to share your action plan with them, and then we're going to measure it, and that's what we're going to do over the next year. And I tell them it's not for the faint of heart uh, because, you know, so much coaching is more clandestine than this. this and again – the confidentiality on what people say and whatever, that's still all there in the 360s and the interviews I do. So that's still all there and people are protected that way. But I let them know that this is different than a a lot of coaching they may see that others are getting. So even though I've told them that, the biggest challenge is getting them to change certain behaviors. For instance, um, 
monthly, my leaders have to check in with the stakeholders one-on-one for a minute or two. And they have to say, you know that I'm working at fill in the blanks, delegating, collaborating, listening, whatever. In the last month or so, have you noticed a difference? Anything specific? By the way, do you have a suggestion for me? Now, that's simple. There's nothing complex about that. Getting a, getting a leader to do that, male, female, doesn't matter, is monumentally challenging. It, it is. And, you know, every time I have a leader that is resistant to do that, uh, the coaching never has the impact that it should. And I have a young uh, lawyer from one company that I'm, I'm coaching right now, and he has been doing that check-in consistently. And in three months, the perception of him as a leader has skyrocketed. His boss is absolutely thrilled with him. So that check-in is so important, hard to do, but so important. Well, it, 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 it's simple to understand. The golf swing is simple to understand. You know, you can watch video. The only way you get better at anything, whether it's playing the piano or go, repeated, purposeful, focused attention. Yes. With good instruction. Right. Good and, you know, Marshall always used to say and still says, you know, oh, can people change? Sure, they can change. Will they change? Maybe. And we know now from neuroscience that the only way you change certain patterns in your brain is exactly what you just said, Chris. Consistent, repeated, practice, and practice. Right? That's it. And so what we've also created, and, and, and monthly... They, they, you know, have to send me their little check-ins. Who they, and then not with any big detail. I mean, just, I talked to Jim. This is what he said. And, and with somebody, and I don't let people use time. I don't have the time. I said, well, how long would it take you? Right. You got 10 stakeholders. Right. 20 minutes total. So if, if that's the case, here's one of my questions. I say, so if you don't have 20 minutes to spend, then would I be wrong in assuming that this isn't important to you? Make him answer the question. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, look, it, and, and, and I really emphasize with people, look, this takes courage. I'm not going to discount that. But don't try to BS me and tell me you don't have the time. Right. You don't have the time to stay miserable, right? Because that's really what you're <laughs> yeah. saying is you don't, if you don't take the time, you're going to be in exactly the same rut as you are today and, and miserable. So I want to jump in on that point because – what have you seen? Tell me, because you've just done some fabulous coaching engagements over the years, but what have you seen as the impact of coaching overall from your experience? Because you've had some really tough, tough cookies. I have a reputation for being able to deal with difficult people. Yes. I'm going to tell you a quick story. A gentleman Great. that I coach, big six foot five Brit, passed away December 16th. He was an insurance executive. Um, and I, I got the engagement when he was told he had to work with me. He reported to the CEO. And they heard about me because of the law firm where I had worked with the M&A partner. And so their external counsel said, look, if anybody can fix this guy, maybe this guy can. Because they thought, as valuable as he was to the customer, you know, he was a bully. So I interviewed maybe 12, 14 people. And what I kept hearing, he's a bully, he's a bully. Big voice, hammer the table, all that. And so he 
the CEO said, look, you got to fix this because we're getting, as you know, the words were hostile work environment, which means lawsuits. Right. So, okay, he's got to work. How well I know that. Yes, he doesn't like me. He doesn't want to do this. And so we met at a Starbucks. He didn't even want me to come to the place. And he said, I don't like you. I don't want to do this. And I said, well, let me be clear. I don't get paid unless you improve. So I'm going to give this a month. And if I get the sense you're blowing smoke at me, I walk. I got a family to support and I'm not running around chasing you. So you make a decision, pal. So my interview, we do it. And, um, the long and the short of it is, a year goes by, we were working really well together, and he got this quickly, and I'll tell you exactly when. I get a call from him. He had put his action plan out there, and he calls me on a Monday, and he says, you know, we're in a meeting last Friday. The VP of marketing is flapping his gums with some trivia that I think is silly. <laughs> he said, a month ago, I had ripped his throat out. I let him get all the air out, one of your expressions, Chris. He got all done, and I said, now. Is that your opinion or is that based on some empirical data we can use? He said the room went silent. And he looked at me and said, my opinion. He says, well, I like what you're saying. I'd like to see something that backs it up. And he said, I leaned back and I thought, this is going to be fun. Now, fast forward. I get paid at the end of the engagement. The VP of HR calls me and says, I got to share a story with you. The CEO at the beginning said, we're not going to pay his kind of fee. And they said, well, here's the thing. He doesn't get paid unless he improves. CEO says, you think really this guy will improve? No. Well, then if this guy's foolish enough to do it, let him do it. So anyway, that's how I got the gig. Then she calls me and she says, two women who were petrified to work with him a year ago, there's an opening in his place, in, in his team, both applied. Both that's applied amazing. and said they'd be honored to work for him. He's a new person. He's a new now, person. back to happy. Yeah, I, I met him at the end. He was a cancer survivor. He went to the doctor. He, I meet him for a beer. You know, we were finished coaching at this point and he'd retired and, you know, the cancer had come back. He said the doctor did his blood pressure at the beginning, didn't say anything. At the end of the physical, he did it again. And he said, okay, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? He said, I've never seen your blood pressure this good. He said, I just don't let stuff bother me. I think about what I can do about it, and I just let things go. Where a year ago, I got myself wrapped around everything. I was carrying the weight of the world. I was just angry. Yeah. Said, I'm not well, angry. you know, uh, unfortunately, Chris, there are so many people like that, so many leaders in the workplace today who think that the model for leadership is that bluster and that pounding the table and getting angry. And that's what, you know, makes them forceful. And if you can get that under control, you're a much happier person. And I bet you, did he say anything about his personal life? His wife wanted to meet me. His wife oh, wanted that's to hilarious. Now, and, and I'll leave this with you. He died December 16th. Christmas uh-huh. came. And so... On my birthday, January 22nd, they were having a, m- a memorial for him, like from three till seven. My kids were planning a little something for me, but I said, I'm going to go down. And anyway, so the CFO got up to speak. Now, I didn't know anybody in the room. There's about 180 people in the room, you know, at, at the yacht club that he belonged to. And so the CFO spoke first and then an ex- a customer spoke. And I went up to the person orchestrating this. And I said, you know, I'd like to say a couple of words. And he says to me, well, we got the family going next. And if there's time, and I said, don't worry, I don't want to disrupt anything. I said, but I won't be here that, I, I can't stay that long. He said, well, anyway, what's your name? And I said, Chris Coffey. And he looked at me and he said, Graham loved you. 
You changed uh, his life. You will certainly go next. And I said, well, I'll be sure. And after yeah. I got up and introduced myself, several of the people that worked with him came up to me and said, you changed the man's life. The last yeah. four years of his life have been very different. And so that's not me. And I didn't do it. He, he did it. He, he did, did it. it. Absolutely. I confronted him on some things that made him uncomfortable. His relationship with his son was better. When he just yeah. realized, ask questions. Look yeah. for what you can agree with, not what you disagree with. Build off of other people's ideas. You know, uh, those kind of behaviors that you and, you and I know, Linda. Yes. Work. You pull yes. people towards you, you don't push them away. That's and right. too many people push people away. And part of the reason is we work with smart people. Everybody I work with, I hear, oh, he's so smart, so smart. I say, what's he so smart at? What's he, uh, uh, you know, a nuclear scientist? That's fine. Obviously, his people skills may need a little honing. Yeah. And, you know, we're coming up on break in about another minute or so, uh, Chris, but that is such a such an interesting thing. It's so gratifying, this this work, when you see somebody who really has changed their life and and changed their approach to leading others. And, uh, you know, as I said, it is hard to do sometimes. It's hard to ask those questions. I've been in conflict situations with others and, uh, you know, I know personally how difficult that can be. But when you see somebody change to the level that, well, I, that you've helped them, it's, it's, it's gratifying. It is gratifying. The little tip that I use at the beginning, yeah. when I tell people three words I use, I say this process takes courage, takes discipline, and it takes some humility. And quite yeah. frankly, there are not a lot of people that are really capable of doing this. Yeah. So my question to you, Mr. or Miss Executive, do you think you're up to it? You know, it's fascinating watching them. I mean, what are they going to say? No. Yeah. So you set yeah. the stage. And I've, I wish I knew that 15 years ago. But I set the stage now and almost push them away and say, you know, think long and hard before you get into this. Yep. It's 30 seconds to break, Chris. Not time consuming. Right. Right. 30 questions to break. In, in two seconds, specific piece of advice you have for, for, for others. Examine your own biases. Really yeah. ask yourself questions and be honest with yourself. Yep. I love that. So true. Okay. We're coming up on break. Stick with us. We have a couple of uh, emails, uh, questions in from some listeners. Um, so stay with us. I'm talking to Chris Coffey, uh, leadership coach. Uh, renowned keynote speaker and you could tell just from this interview great personality when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network dr linda sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Okay, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and we're talking about coaching and how to make it work for you to help you be a better leader and a specific process called stakeholder-centered coaching. Really out of Marshall Goldsmith's work, but something that Chris Coffey has taken to full lengths. We've had, Chris, a, a couple of, uh, a, a, an email come in uh, from Jose from St. Louis. And what he says is, I work on a leadership team, and the leadership team is totally dysfunctional. Uh, a number of us have individual coaches, and it certainly has not been working. Um, it's almost to the point where it's painful getting together as a senior group. And we're running a pretty big company. What can I do with a dysfunctional team? How would this process work in that environment? Well, you know, we're using the word dysfunctional, which is certainly value-laden. Uh, you know, without knowing more, I wouldn't have any idea, you know, what, you know, why is it dysfunctional, what it's doing. So let me talk generically. Uh, and what's interesting, I just did a, uh, a three-hour workshop yesterday called Team Building Without Time Wasting with the Vice President of Systems Engineering and her entire team. And I... Executive, I'm coaching her boss, the EVP of system engineer, you know, system engineering, and again, a major technology company. Marshall wrote an article, I believe, with Howard Morgan called "Team Building Without Time Wasting," and it really lays out about a three-hour process. And simply, what happens is the first question I ask this group, and I do this where people answer on a post-it, so there's no group think, nobody's trying to mirror what somebody else says. The first question is, "Are we a team?" You know, let's define team, a mutual goal, and we're interdependent on each other, and we interact with each other, yes or no. Because sometimes people think a team is, uh, uh, and it really isn't, it's just a group of people. But first of all, they say, yes, we're a team. 
And actually, yesterday, two people said no. And when we asked them, they said, well, we're not at working like a team. I said, well, let's talk. Should you be? And anyway, so you have a little discussion. Then the next question is, okay, on a scale of one to ten, how effective are we operating as a team right now? They hand them in. The answer yesterday was 5.6, and it's 10 being magnificent, 1 being abysmal. Then the next question again, and they send it in on a post-it, how well do we need to be working? And how well do we need to be seen by others as working? That came in as an 8.7. So there you got your scientific gap analysis. Then I hear that a sheet, most worked on leadership skills, delegate, collaborate, listen, hold people accountable, you know, match team strategy to organizational st- And that's on my webpage. And I, again, I have them pick five things on there that if they waved a magic wand, this team would work better. You go through an iterative process, and they came up with, we need to collaborate better. Okay, that's nice and generic. Then they pick, in, then I get them on their feet, and I do, as you know, Mar- uh, uh, Linda, the, the feed forward, forward exercise. Yeah, they give everybody great a exercise. couple of suggestions. Now they have the beginning of an action plan. And I have everybody look around the room and think about what two suggestions are you going to give everybody? You know, each person differently. Then they work on an individual goal. We do the same process. So after three, three and a half hours, they walk out of there with an individual goal and a team goal. I meet with each one of them tomorrow for an hour. They'll craft an action plan, again, based on the suggestions they got from everybody else, not the all-wise Chris Coffey coach. Right. But they got from the people that work with them. And they'll share that action plan with everybody else, and through the course of the next year, they will evaluate each other on how well they're executing their action plan. It works magic. And, you know, I love that, Chris, because, you know, I've done another thing that builds off of that, where I've actually put people's names up around the room, and I've had people go up and say, you know, what should this person do more of or less of to make this team more effective? And, you know, they take those things back. Of course, I, I do a day long with them to get them opened up, and I use that with groups that I know um, will be honest with each other. And people then have a dialogue with each other about, well, what did you mean by this? And give me an example of that. And they start asking each other questions. And it is powerful. It is really powerful. Well, and One final thing, Chris, yeah, I got, go we, we've got to, we're coming up to the close here quickly. How can people get a hold of you? I know you run a lot of workshops on this. How can people get a hold of you? Well, the best thing is, uh, you know, uh, drop me an email. I mean, you can send it to Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at ChristopherCoffee.com. That's Christopher, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R. Coffee is C-O-F-F-E-Y.com. All one word. And right. you, know, you could Google me and get to my webpage that way. And then if, if you email me, let me know you heard me on, you know, on Linda's show. And I can point you to different things on my webpage, most worked on leadership skills, unrecognizable habits. And the other Terrific. thing that's unique on my webpage is I have actual data from real people, mini surveys and after action reviews. So go to Chris's website. This is terrific. Thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. You're just My pleasure. A Thank wealth you of information. Our next show, which I'm excited about, is Dr. Rob Cook. Rob and I have uh, written numerous articles together, and most recently, a book on global leadership and how to build a global mindset. Our focus is really going to be on how you build a culture, an inclusive culture in your organization with leaders who can really work globally around the world to drive 
the best business results, no matter where you're doing business. And we're going to be having a really deep conversation on that. I'm excited to have Rob. He's a behavioral scientist. He's CEO of Human Synergistics. Great fact-based research tools. I happen to use his 360, the Leadership Impact, uh, in much of my coaching practice. I'm doing it with a company in the next couple of weeks in um, in uh, Connecticut. Uh, look for me. I'll be broadcasting from Dubai next week. I'm very excited. Go to my website, www.lindasharkey.com. Get my latest white paper on smashing the glass ceiling, glass ceiling once and for all. And thank you for being with me. I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead. The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.